Welcome to Pirate Talk Radio, your podcast for Sea of Thieves news. There's always something to talk about, whether it be patch notes, whether it be bugs, whether it be exploits, whether it be cosmetics that personally I find beautiful, but ugly at the same time. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, guys, to episode 56, Pirate Talk Radio. Thank you very much for spending a little bit of time with me and to talk about our favorite or one of our favorite games, Sea of Thieves. Now, we are a week into uh, season five now. I have got to uh, spend a little time. Uh, I got to play a little bit of it, uh, and I like it. Uh, You know, in the last episode, I talked about my initial thoughts of, of season, uh, is season five. Uh, and I think to a lot of people's surprise, uh, I was actually very happy with it. And I was, I thought it was a good decision to bring the game back to its roots. Um, really, you know, focus on the tools, not rules, giving, uh, players fun things to, uh, to have and interact with, uh, in order to tell their own story and to, to build their characters. Um, um, I mentioned multiple times in the last episode, you know, when you play this game, um, you are the writer, actor, director, whatever you want to say of your story. Uh, so not having a good time as far as the story and things like that. Well, that just kind of falls on you, in my opinion, in this game. Now, that's not to say that obviously we don't want content. We don't want new things to do, new activities to take part in. Um, and quite frankly, since a pirate's life, you've heard me say it multiple times. It's all over Twitter and Reddit and everything else. The the game is kind of, well, lackluster. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot. Obviously we've got sink sunken kingdom, but, um, in my opinion, and from what the feedback kind of showed and the bugs and things like that with sunken kingdom, it wasn't exactly that great. Um, now anything going up against a pirate's life wasn't going to be that great, but Sunken Kingdom, I think, was a huge flop and a huge miss. Um, I think it was a great opportunity to add a new area and explore a new area, but it fell short um, from bugs. And quite frankly, it was just taking forts and putting them underwater and then having Sunken Kingdom uh, Tall Tale style uh, puzzles to solve. So we already did that in the Tall Tales. We already do forts and you just put it underwater. And so it really felt like a... um, basically putting a sticker over another sticker, right? Basically the same art sticker, but it was just slightly different. Right. And, and that's kind of what, uh, sunken kingdom to me felt like. So I was curious to see where they would go from that. And we saw season five. And, and as I said, my, my feedback was good. I, I thought this was a good thing to do. Uh, now this week, what I would like to kind of dive into is get away from the patch notes, get away from the, um, you know, what we saw in the, in the trailers and the dev deep dives and start to get into what season five is its longevity and the overall timing of it. You know, was it, is this a good time to release something like season five? 
Um, you know, so that's kind of what I want to get into today. I did take some notes, but, uh, to be fair, uh, aside from my normal episodes, this is kind of going to be more of a off the cuff, um, episode, if you will, where I'm, I'm kind of taking things that I've seen and heard from people and I'm just going to, to kind of give my thoughts on it and not as structured and topic, 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 topic. Well, I've got a, a general outline, but um, mostly we're just going to kind of, uh, I guess the best way to say is wing it because um, I want to look at this longevity and, uh, and timing um, and what the, the general feedback is uh, from the community so far in season five um, and, and also look at the holistic approach, you know, we're we're closing out 2001 about to start 2002. Um, and with that comes some obviously challenges in, in a lot of different industries, including the gaming industry, uh, being holidays, right? I work my day job in retail and we are extremely busy right now. Every week is a new challenge. Every week is more stress and in every industry, maybe not as much stress as retail, but in every industry, there are challenges during the holiday time, specifically with time off. So we're going to look at that as well. And, and just my idea of where the sea of thieves development team is right now, um, not physical location, but where they are on the roadmap. I don't know, um, what their roadmap looks like, but just based on the trends and the flow and what we've heard, um, from sea of thieves, kind of taking a look at uh, what I view is their roadmap and how they are working on these seasons and what we might have to look up for or look out for um, in, in, in seasons next year. Because quite frankly, Mike Chapman has been a, um, has been a wealth of teasers recently. Um, and, and I was surprised at one of the things he talked about because I was not under this impression if you've listened to the show for a very long time, um, I have a very uh, um, historic opinion of where Sea of Thieves is in history uh, based on what I see and the designs and what I've heard. But Mike Chapman, you know, the Lord and Savior of Sea of Thieves' lore, the creator, the godfather himself of, of Flameheart, or everything lore-based in Sea of Thieves, has thrown a wrench in my thoughts and plans. So I'll talk about that. But let's start. With the longevity and season uh, and timing of season five, um, and specifically looking at what season five has brought in its first week, so you know, let's start with good things. Okay, let's keep the positivity rolling from last week. We had a lot of positivity last week. I had some rants, but mostly positivity uh, about season five. So let's keep that going. Let's have a, a, some positive moments, and then we're going to talk about the the negative feedback flowing from the community. And there is quite a bit of it. There is quite a bit of it. Um, now, as anything goes, as I've said many times, there are two sides of Sea of Thieves. There is the PvE side. There is the PvP side. But then there's the gray area, which is most of the players, right? So you've got the hardcore PvEers. They want something. You've got the hardcore PVPers, they want something. But the majority of us the majority of us playing, regardless if you enjoy PVP or not, the majority of us playing are looking at the game through just having fun. Uh, PVP views it as if there's no PVP, it's not fun. PVE views it as if there's PVP, we're not having fun. And the gray area is somewhere in between. 
So let's take some positivity um, from the community, from what I've seen on Twitter, um, from what I've seen on YouTube, from what I've seen on streams, and from what I've seen on um, on uh, Reddit, okay? Uh, so the first thing is looking at the new tools, right? We got a lot of new tools from dice to fireworks uh, to the, uh, the storage crate thing, which Jesus, let me tell you, one of my favorite things to do in Sea of Thieves is supply writing. Okay. I am a supply writ. Now I'm not one of those people who log in, get a whole bunch of supplies, never move their boat, organize barrels and find some sort of therapy out of that and, and never actually do anything. That is not me, but I know there's players out there who do that. This supply storage thing that you just walk up to the bin and you hold the button and it takes everything out. And then you go up to your ship and you just put everything in. That is a game changer. And I know I didn't talk about it much last week and people were wondering why. Well, quite frankly, if there's any player out there, PVE, PVP, or gray area who doesn't think the storage crate mass moving of stuff isn't probably one of the greatest quality of life additions to this game, you're insane. You are absolutely insane. The time it took and the time you wasted to open a storage crate, put stuff in your from your inventory over there, go to the next barrel, fill your inventory, go to the storage crate, and then you have to do it again to put it back on the in, in your boat. Now, some people just keep stuff in the storage crate, and I'm going to tell you that's a bad idea because ultimately, if you're boarded and attacked, someone just picks up your storage crate and chucks it overboard, and now you're screwed. Even if you recover, you're screwed. Your supplies are overboard. Put the supplies in the barrels on the ship. That way, if you sink to someone, they can't take your supplies, right? They can't take them. They go down with the ship. So if you wanted to come back and fight them again, they're not using your supplies against you. So really, so in my mind, the storage crate, though nice, and you can use it to keep supplies in different strategic places around your ship, this storage crate is really meant for grabbing stuff from an island or an outpost and transferring it from your ship basically a, a box for moving stuff. That's, that's what it is. Um, it has some other strategic advantages, but that's at the end of the day, what it is. Um, so that is huge. That was massive. And I have not seen a single negative piece of feedback from anyone on that. Obviously the more full, a, a particular item is in the storage crate takes longer to put in the barrel makes complete sense to me. Um, but that is a huge props to the Sea of Thieves team across the community on all sides and everywhere in between the storage crate edition where you can mass move stuff from barrels to storage crate and back to barrels is absolutely, I would say, the best quality of life thing this game has ever put in. Period. End of story. End of story. Name me something. Leave me in the comments. Hit me up on Twitter. Or send an email into the show. Tell me something that's a quality of life addition, right? A feature addition that is better than the storage crate mass move. I'm waiting. Go ahead. The other thing that has been absolutely fantastic to see is fireworks. Fireworks to me were meh, right? I said I said they would be cool around New Year's. I said a lot of players would have fun with them. I said they would change the Sea of Thieves shot competition. And they they will. And they, they're already starting to do that. 
But seeing people have so much fun and spend gold to get fireworks, not only getting them from the barrels, but spending gold to get fireworks and just cruising by islands and seeing other ships and players and really just creating an amazing art in the sky display for other players and and players joining in. Even if you don't know each other, you know, one person sailing one way, someone's sailing the other, and maybe you're just not in the mood to fight or you're too far away to, to really fight. You know, you, you, you're letting, you're letting that Athena kind of, kind of simmer and get juicy before you go after them. And so you just from long range, just start lighting up the sky with cool fireworks and cool pictures from the fireworks. It's absolutely fantastic to see. It's almost like a new form of communication in the game. Aside from typey, typey, typey and megaphone and megaphone, uh, it's, it's like a new form of communication and it's absolutely, absolutely fantastic. And I'm loving seeing all the creative uses on the different ships, um, uh, with the fireworks and just having a good time with them. Um, and from those, we're seeing some fantastic pictures, absolutely fantastic pictures. We know sea of thieves is a photogenic game. It is a game that allows itself to have beautiful and amazing, uh, just cinematic, amazing pictures and videos. It, it, it just leads itself to that. The art and the color and everything about it leads itself to amazing pictures. And now with fireworks and the flares and the ability to use the flares to kind of cast weird shadows and colors everywhere, along with those cool pictures in the sky or, or the, the crazy amount of, you know, firework, you know, spraying everywhere. There have been some absolutely fantastic and beautiful pictures that I've seen all over social media and all over the place. And I hope they continue. I really hope they continue. And more so when it comes down to the sea of thieves shot competitions, I really hope I I've had my complaints about how they choose those folks in the past. I really hope they really start looking at not only the theme, right? The theme should be the most important and how you use the theme, but also just the overall composition of your picture. How are you using angles and how are you making that picture? Is it a picture that you would frame on your wall? I can tell you this. There are people out there who have not won that Sea of Thieves shot competition that I would literally hand them my wallet and say, how much for a framed version of that picture? There are people out there who are absolutely artists with the screen capture button and create beautiful pictures in sea of thieves that haven't won the shot competition. And honestly, I think that is a absolute disgrace because we can all see who has entered that competition, you know, hashtag sought thought sought shot, shot, sought shot, that thing. S O T shot. We can see who enters, right? And we can have our own opinions on who wins, but to be honest, there are a lot of great sea of thieves artists out there that have absolutely amazing pictures from the game that haven't won. Excuse me. And I think with these fireworks and new lighting effects with the flares, I think that those folks who really stand out on the pictures, I think are going to stand out even more. I've seen some absolutely fantastic ones. I'm ready to break out my wallet. Someone, 
Someone start a, what, what's that? What's that site that deviant art? Someone start a sea of thieves deviant art where I can throw money at you and I will put, I will get beautiful pictures that you put and I will frame them and I'll hang them all over my studio in my house. Okay. You start a deviant art with your amazing sea of thieves pictures. And if I like them, I'll buy them. There you go. There's a new business model for you. There you go. I've sold a couple pictures from way back in the day on DeviantArt from my travels in Europe. But yeah, like people are, it's brilliant. It's brilliant what people are putting out there. So I'm glad to see um, that some of these new things are are really adding to creativity in the pictures. Uh, hilarious moments. I haven't seen a patch for a very long time that is not involving bugs and exploits, which create absolutely hilarious moments. Obviously the, you know, the Megalodons flying in, in pirate's life and obviously the, the weird emote poses and stuff like that. Those are bugs, right? There are exploits and bugs that cause hilarious moments all the time, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about legit. These are features in the game. They're meant to be used and they're causing hilarious moments. And I think the feature of season five, which will go down as the top hilarious moment creator in this game is burying treasure. Let me explain why. Let me explain why I have received pictures and I have received videos from community members who have been digging up buried treasure or have been burying treasure and it's hilarious. Okay. I had this video sent to me, um, from a listener, from a community member, of them digging um, a, a player treasure map and they dig up a mega keg and the, the reaction of, Oh, and then crap, there's skeletons charging me back up, handle the skeleton so I can get, you know, the mega keg out of the, the ground. And the skeleton is already like mid slash mid charge kaboom. And the screams that came out of them was absolutely hilarious. And I have seen this happen more times than not people burying mega kegs and other people digging them up and just causing absolute chaos and funny moments. The other thing that people have discovered, which I find is weird, cruel, but also funny is the ability to bury live plants and animals. The plants, not so funny, not so funny. But the ability to catch a damn pig, those pigs that sit there and eat all of your food, all of your food in order to keep them alive so you can get your Merchant Alliance accommodations done, you can put a pig in a cage and you can bury it. And that, to me, is hilarious. And I don't know if anyone has actually tested to see if you leave that pig there for let's say an hour, if you come back and dig that pig up, if it's still alive or you just dig up a piece of bacon, I want to know if, if the, those pigs stay alive, I assume they probably do because again, they're in a treasure map and they're kind of locked in time at that point. But I would be curious to know if that pig gets buried and, and it comes back up alive. Same with plants. If you bury healthy plants, what happens? Because those have time limits on them of when they should turn in. Does that time freeze? So I would like to know that I haven't actually dug up any plants or I haven't dug up any pigs or, or chickens or snakes or anything. Snakes would be funny to bury. Could you imagine that you dig up a snake and it just spits at you as soon as you get it out? Of the, that would be funny. Um, 
But yeah, let, I would like to know if anyone's experienced that. If the plants come out and and the timer on it is still good, if they come out alive or they're parched, you know, and and do you dig up bacon or do you just dig up a cage? Like what what, do you, what happens uh, with these uh, with these live critters and and stuff? But absolutely hilarious moments have been created so far in this first week. So I'm anxious to see more beautiful, amazing artwork and more hilarious moments coming from season five because so far it's been a treat to watch all the people out there have some absolutely amazing time with these new duels. And again, no rules, have fun. Um, and so it's been great. The other thing that's quite funny is obviously there's the achievements. Um, there there's new accommodations, uh, and achievements for rolling a, uh, perfect 20 on, on your, on your D 20. Um, and also, um, uh, lighting boats on fire with fireworks. So it's funny to see people trying to like get that 20 and not be able to do it. And they're like, friend does it on the first or second go. And they're mad. Oh, it's absolutely hilarious to see the raging on that. Um, but the other thing that's also funny is watching combat change now where instead of you're going in fighting, you know, cannons blazing with cannonballs and chain shots going in and seeing fireworks launched out. Cause you want the accommodation to set the boat on fire before you, before you sink them. I think it's funny. I think it's hilarious and I'm not going to lie a freaking, you know, monkey or pig or a Wanda face coming at me. That's hilarious. Um, it's, it's, it's absolutely hilarious. Um, so absolutely amazing job by the community taking these tools that sea of thieves has provided us. And quite honestly, a zero content patch, as far as new things to do, um, taking these, um, awesome new tools and awesome new gadgets and putting them to use to have great times, have lots of laughs with your friends and, and, you know, and sometimes trolling things with other people. So great job on the community's part for taking something and really just, putting a, a bright spotlight on it and showing rare that this is something that is important to us. It is something that's awesome. And it, it, it's something that we enjoy. So good job to the community out there doing all of that. Another good job. I want to throw in here right now. That's not on my show notes. Cause I forgot to type it. My dear friend, my guest on a couple episodes, and uh, a, a just gem and pillar of the Sea of Thieves community, Captain Logan. I want to congratulate him and his Keelhauled podcast for hitting 200 episodes. This man has been grinding the podcasting world for Sea of Thieves since the very beginning. He's an absolute joy, he's an absolute treasure. And he's an absolute Lord when it comes to cranking out positive comment content. Our content is obviously very different. I get very ranty and very critical. And though he is very critical on things, he does it in a very optimistic and positive way, which I appreciate. And I just want to congratulate him very much on 200 episodes and the fact that the 200th episode was an interview with the Lord himself, Mike Chapman. Uh, my friend, I, I still have to catch that episode, uh, but if you're listening, Logan, congratulations on the success. Congratulations on 200 episodes. Congratulations on landing the interview with Mike and having a good time with that. I look forward to listening to it, and I look forward to another 200 episodes 
of the Keelhauled podcast. If you haven't done so already, it is on the YouTube. It is on all of the reputable podcasting apps just like this one. Go check it out, Keelhauled podcast. Every week he's got an episode. He also has some other um, really fun podcast activities that he does on Halo, um, on uh, Cyberpunk and, and indie games. Just an ops, awesome content creator out there. So if you haven't done so already, go check him out. Um, and the Keelhauled podcast again. Congratulations, buddy. And, and all the success in the world to you. You deserve it. You deserve it. Thank you for being a pillar of positivity in this community. So those were the good things that I've seen. A lot of fun that people are using these tools. A um, lot of great moments and stories being created. But anytime there's good, there's obviously the other side. And that's the bad. Um, and something that Sea of Thieves has honestly been plagued with for a long time is long-lasting content. Um, and I've talked about it in the past. And a lot of times I, I am not as, I guess I should say, understanding that sea of thieves is obviously trying to get new players along with catering to old players. Um, and so a lot of times, you know, I, I'm very critical on content updates when there's stuff that doesn't last for very long. And this update is already less than a week. You know, we're a weekend, but less than a week, just a couple days in, I already saw, saw so much feedback to see if thieves saying this content update is garbage because there's nothing new for us to do. Part of that, in my opinion, is because rare has been doing a great job, giving us something new to do every single season to grind out. And though there are new accommodations, there's really no new adventure to be had except for again, telling your own story and that kind of stuff. There's no new fort or fleet or flame heart or or area under the sea or new tall tale, you know? So on a, on a side of, of that type of new adventure content, it's not there. Obviously we know arena is not getting any new content anytime soon. By the way, are the fireworks in arena? Because that would be hilarious anyway. Sorry. Um, but coming off of the success of a pirate's life, getting a lot of new players into the game, moving on to the sunken kingdom, which in general, the community views as kind of a flop, kind of a, a, a cop out, kind of a bad season, uh, bugs plagued that one a lot, uh, but in general, kind of a lackluster season. And now moving into season five, where there's aside from, again, these fun things for you, uh, to create your own narrative with, there's nothing new. Um, as far as new stuff to do, new mobs to kill, uh, new adventures to be had uh, that are designed by the game. It's all now up to you to create your own adventure, which is Sea of Thieves in a nutshell. But players need that guidance and players need them to basically log in and see a giant cloud in the sky to know what to do. Um, I've seen a lot of new players get very confused logging into the game for the first time and have no idea what to do. So they look up and they see a giant tornado in the sky and be like, Oh, let me go check that out. It drives players to what they should do. This content doesn't have any of that. Obviously if they open a barrel and find a firework, they're like, huh, what is this? But there's nothing out there. Nothing, no new thing on the outpost. No new thing in the sky that really is going to drive a new player or drive an existing player to something, right? And so a lot of people have had a lot of bad feedback uh, that this is kind of a garbage season and a waste of season. I can see and I can understand and I can sympathize with them. 
Am I playing Sea of Thieves like I used to? No, I haven't played that way since the Pirate's Life. Uh, but there's other games I want to play. There's a lot of, you know, stress and stuff to do with work and the holidays. But at the end of the day, if there's nothing really new that tickles my fancy, I'm not going to play. And that's kind of where we are right now. I'm still putting my hours in. I'm, I'm definitely not going to, to fail like I did last season and wait for the last minute to try to get my plunder pass done. I am going to be playing. But at the end of the day, this particular season, in my opinion, is better spent with friends. It's better spent if you get a crew of people together and have a good time and tell a good story and have fun with all the new tools. If I don't have people to play with, I'm not going to solo. To be fair, I think that this season is just really garbage as far as solo play. It's a lot of fun stuff to do with other people, but yeah, I would rather play it with friends. So when I have the opportunity to play with friends, that's when I'm going to be playing this season. Um, let's talk about the timing and why, you know, a sea of these is getting obviously that feedback about there's nothing to do in this season. Let's talk about the timing of dropping the season when they did. It's the holidays. There's going to be a lot of vacation time. People are going to be out of the office. People are not going to be working because of the holidays. We have two major holidays as far as the Christian calendar um, coming up right now. Christmas and New Year's, right? New Year's isn't really a religious holiday, but obviously it's celebrated around the world, just like Christmas is. So people are taking time off. That means less butts in the seat to work on things, less butts in the seat to fix things. Let's say, you know, they release something like the sunken kingdom for season five or or a pirate's life for season five as a Merry Christmas to everyone. (laughs) There were a lot of bugs right off the bat. A lot of things that they had to address very quickly to make it, to, to make it better or in pirate's life set to even make it playable and successful. There are not enough people that are going to be in the office to be able to work on that. So dropping a, a patch, dropping a season that has content in there, that's really not going to be something. It's kind of a, it's like the old uh, commercial set it and forget it. These were things that weren't going to be game breaking most likely, and they could set it and they could forget it. Not actually, but they could go off and do their holiday stuff. They can do those things and not have to have people in their seats in order to fix things and keep the game playable. The reverse side of that and the community side of that is there is more time off for people in school, people in university, you know, people who have jobs and taking time off. There's a lot more opportunity and hours in the day that people are going to have to sit down and play video games. Which means, in my opinion, just like retail, when all hands are on deck, if you're a gaming company who has regular releases, the time for you to shine and the time for you to put out a big, awesome patch of content and stuff to do is the holidays. You should be all hands on deck. And yes, as someone who's worked retail for most of their life, I understand the shittiness about being all hands on deck through Thanksgiving with Black Friday, with Christmas and the time you want to spend with your family and you don't get to because you have to work. But guess what? That is where you make your money. 
In the gaming industry, if you are a person or you are a company who puts out regular content updates, you should be all hands on deck over the holidays so you wow your player base when they're on vacation, when they're out of university, when they have time off and they have time to sit and play. That's when you should hit them hard. Because that's when you're going to grab them. That's when you're going to get the hours in the game. And potentially that's when you're going to get the revenue from not only people playing, buying, and also buying your in-game stuff. So for a player side, the, the cop-out of a tools, not rules, no content uh, to do was really probably, in my opinion, a bad decision on Rare's part. Hell, Sunken Kingdom would have been a better probably season five than season five is right now on terms of people are at home and want something to do. Look at the success if you're, if I don't know how many of you actually follow the gaming industry, but look at the ridiculous success Final Fantasy 14 has had. They knew that they had, they wanted to push a big patch in this dark time, in this lull when World of Warcraft is struggling. They knew players were going to be sitting on their butts at home eating turkey. They knew players were going to be having time off and they were going to be out of school and out of university. They knew that people were going to be home and wanting Christmas gifts. They knew the potential in-game, you know, item revenue source here. What did they do? Boom, Endwalker. And it's been huge. Lots of players coming back, lots of players playing, lots of money changing hands with Endwalker. And they did it during the holidays. They probably have all hands on deck right now to make sure everything's clean and smooth and stuff is getting patched out. They probably do. And look, that is content. That is what gaming companies who have regular releases should be focusing on is, is really taking advantage of, of people having time to play And the holidays is the best time for that. Yeah, there's a lot of us who travel. There's a lot of us who won't be playing games because the holidays are busy. But there's also a lot of folks out there who their free time and their enjoyment time is playing video games. And you have to capitalize on that as a gaming company. And I think Rare really dropped the ball on that with this season. The first person I saw tweet that they had the season pass done, had it done in 23 hours. Sub one day playtime season pass done. What does that player aside for accommodations have to look forward to now through the holidays? Absolutely nothing. Now, as a dedicated player who, who knocks out a season pass in 23 hours, they're still going to be playing. But for a player who might not be knocking that out so much, what is there once you complete the season pass, which again, in 23 hours, if, if someone can complete it, you can probably complete it in two weeks. Which means we're now around New Year's when people have time off. We're now around Christmas when people have time off. Now, will a lot of players complete it that quickly? No. There's a lot of other things that people are doing right now. But what I'm saying is there's also a lot of players out there who don't buy the plunder pass. What is there for them to do? How are you keeping their butts in their seats playing Sea of Thieves and not venturing out to Final Fantasy XIV, Halo Infinite, uh, the campaign mode or other games out there that are releasing right now and trying to compete 
for the player base, especially Xbox games. Now, Final Fantasy XIV is not on the Xbox, to my knowledge, but Halo is, and they just released their campaign with, you know, many hours of playtime. They have their multiplayer mode, endless hours of playtime. It's a shooter, just like Sea of Thieves. Maybe not as open world adventure as Sea of Thieves. I don't know. I'm not really a Halo fan. But at the end of the day, that came out now after season five. It is on Game Pass, and now you have competition. So I don't think releasing season five right now was the proper decision. I think they needed a content heavy, like a, like, like a pirate's life style season in order to really compete during these holiday times to get people in their seats and not turn to other video games. Another piece of feedback, uh, that the player is saying is these, this content patch has no PVP incentive. Again, PVE players, PVP players, everyone else. This is a PVP player perspective, and I agree with them. There is nothing in this patch that is PVP incentive. Nothing. Cannon rowboat, whatever. We already had rowboats. Don't care about the cannon. Usually when you're using a rowboat, you're trying to be stealthy anyways. Fireworks, eh, they only have a chance to catch a boat on fire. There's nothing in this particular update which entices interesting PVP player interaction. I cannot disagree with that. It's 100% accurate. Now, does that does that reflect the feedback of most of the community? No, it does not. But it is definitely a perspective. And as a game that is PvPVE, the PvP side is, well, 50% of the game. Or PvPVE, that's, it's 50% of that breakdown. Whether the player base is 50% broke down on that or not, that doesn't matter. The game is half PvP and half BVE. It's a combination of both. So I can't disagree. There is nothing in this update which entices PvP. And then, well, maybe the events will. Nope. Festival of Giving does not entice PvP. It entices toxic behavior, spawn camping, to complete the event. Grogmany does not entice PvP. There's tasks that are going to be in there, but they're not going to be PVP tasks when you're drunk. It's just not going to happen. So I can't disagree. You're going to lose your PVP players over the holidays because it's not, this update did not entice PVP and there's plenty of PVP games out there. Final Fantasy 14, Halo. There's plenty of PVP games out there that are releasing lots of content right now that players can go do and get their PVP fix. That's a problem. If you're alienating that audience who is looking for something to do over their holiday break. Servers feel empty is another piece of feedback that I've, I've heard. Now I have not personally experienced this in my couple play sessions. Uh, my couple hours that I've played so far in season five, every time I've played, I've, I've, usually always seen a ship on the horizon, but I've always encountered two to three ships um, throughout my play session. The servers to me don't feel empty. However, I have watched a lot of streams and I'm not talking about uh, server hopping streams. 
I have watched a lot of streams where players are on servers for a considerable amount of time and there are no ships, no emissaries. Seas are empty. So I can understand based on what I have observed that this is the case, which makes sense because this content update is not enticing to bring players in and back during the holidays. So therefore your player base is going to be, you know, not that high. Um, now I know one thing that I usually get complaints on and I, I don't care. Um, it's the only, it's the only things, uh, that I have. Um, but if we take a look and we haven't done this for a while, because again, I usually get complaints about it. Um, let's take a look at the, uh, the steam charts, um, for sea of thieves, right? So we don't know, um, we don't know what the Xbox numbers are, right? We don't know, but we do know what steam numbers are. Um, again, so, so if we look at where we trended, a pirate's life, uh, was back in the summer, right? And we can see an increase in player base, massive increase in player base leading up to a pirate's life and a pirate's life, massive increase in player base, huge. And again, keep in mind, we are talking about steam. We are talking about steam. In June 2021 on Steam, there was an increase of 10,948 average players. That is huge. That was an 81% increase in June 2021. Move to Sunken Kingdom. And again, as I said, Sunken Kingdom was viewed as a flop a loss of 10,600 average players. They lost because of sunken kingdom, nearly all of the players on an average that they gained on steam for a pirate's life. That's how bad sunken kingdom was. And it's went down since, since the height of, 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 of pirate's life, it has been trickling down, but slowly, not as fast as it used to be when we were talking thousands of players on average, leaving the game every month on steam, we're talking trickles, couple hundred, couple hundred, right? The highest was, uh, aside from the 10,000, we had 2,700 in July, which again, pirates life was honestly about a month of content. So that makes sense. We lost some, but some people played right. Casually took them longer to get through it. Then we had Sunken Kingdom, and everyone jumped ship because it was that bad. Then we trickled a little bit more, and we trickled a little bit more, and we trickled a little bit more. Just a little trickle, 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 trickle. But it was knocking away at that huge gain we got in Pirate's Life. Now, again, we just started Season 5, which means we're going to see a bump. But when we're talking beginning of the summer with a Pirate's Life, we're hitting peak players on Steam of 62, almost 63,000 peak players and 24,000 players daily. Now we're down to 9,000 players over the last 30 days daily. Average and peaks of 27. Literally chopping a pirate's life peak in half. And it's been trickling down. 
aside from Sunken Kingdom launch, which was a huge flop. And that, and again, we're only talking about Steam. The majority of players who play Sea of Thieves are on the Xbox platform, either through Game Pass on PC or on the Xbox itself. So it doesn't give us a complete understanding at all of the actual player base and what's happening, but it's the only statistics we have to go off of, so that's what we go off of. And I have a feeling as season five progresses, we're going to see more and more trickling of players on the, as far as steam charts are concerned going away. And that's not good right now. Right now we should be seeing that going up new players coming in old players, returning players playing why new season plunder pass. And we should be seeing new content that is competing with games like halo and final fantasy who are pushing new content during this time. Again, I haven't experienced uh, empty servers, but a lot of people are right now. And it makes sense based on what we're seeing in the numbers. And honestly, that there's nothing new to do except create your own adventure. And well, let's be honest. There's a lot of people out there who don't have the creative mindset to create their own adventure. So they don't. Buried treasure maps. Now, again, we're not talking about PVP on this one. Buried treasure maps is a very PVE content. I have experienced this. No player maps on the quest board. There are maps on the quest board, but they are not player maps. Now, the game, and they did say that they were going to put in auto-generated maps when players are not posting maps. The idea of the Buried Treasure quest board is for players to create a fun, engaging experience for other players and get rewarded for it. Unfortunately, even on the servers I've been on where I'm seeing ships on the horizon and it doesn't feel empty to me, when I check the quest boards on the different outposts, there are no player maps. And that's disappointing. I wanted to have fun and dig up other players' treasure that they had left for me. I wanted to have fun and see what creative things, where they buried it, how many pieces of loot they could get on an island, what they buried. Was it going to be a chest of legends? Was I going to get trolled by some kegs? Was it going to be a barnacle chest that I desperately need for to, to finish off my barnacle things? Was it just going to be a goblet and I'm going to be like, really, a bronze goblet? This sells for nothing. You know, like, what was it going to be? I was so excited for that. And I have yet to get a player map except for the one I stole from someone. But on the quest boards, I have yet to get a player map. And that's really depressing to me because I wanted to experience that. So I think the player maps and the, the buried treasure was a great addition to the game. I think this was a great addition having players be able to create fun treasure hunts for other players. And I think this is a good start, but I think they need to expand it. It needs to be cross server, right? A player maps should be cross server. If someone takes it, it disappears, but it should be cross server. I don't know how that is you know, possible on the, on the servers and how the worlds are generated. It might not be possible at all, but if there's no buried treasure map on Wanderer's Refuge and some player on another server puts a treasure map on Wanderer's Refuge, then it should be able to sink that treasure over until it's dug up. But I don't know how that infrastructure works. It might not be possible at all. In fact, it probably isn't. 
But this is a cool, fun, new thing. And I have yet to be able to experience it in the multiple hours. And here's the thing. This is something new and fresh. So usually when it comes to games, people are doing the new and fresh thing. But in all the, in the, in the hours I've played in the multiple servers I've been on, I have yet to see a player map on a quest board. And that is really depressing to me because that means players are either not doing it or there's not enough players doing it. And it's kind of a wasted thing because it's not going to improve anymore. It's not going to go up, right? Any new feature starts high and then goes down. So if players aren't doing it in the first week or two, it's, it's not going to increase unless they change and make the feature better, which they may, but we could be years away from that. I mean, look how many things they start and don't finish. How long has this flame heart thing been going on? Heart of fire. That was a while ago. They start a lot of things and they don't finish it for several years later. We've got this new feature. From my experience, no one is doing it. It's not going to get better. So something needs improved there to make that make that better, make it more fun. I'm definitely going to be um, trying to arrange some time to play with some friends and get some cool loot halls and, and put some nice maps up. I'm going to take part in trying to get player maps on the quest board. But I would also like to log into some servers with player maps on Questboard so I can have some fun too and see how creative people are. We also have seen, I won't say the return of because it's never quite went away, but a worsening of the Xbox login freeze. This does not impact Steam client users. I use Steam um, so long as the Steam client is functional. I have both versions of the game installed in case I want to, but both on the Xbox console itself and the Xbox game pass uh, version on the PC players are experiencing multi-minute freeze and lockups when they first log into a server. See if thieves in fact tweeted about this stating that they disabled the login achievement tracking, um, in order to fix it, but it doesn't seem like it did very much. So I'm not sure if they don't know what's causing it um, completely. I don't know what it is, but it's a very frustrating experience for players who are playing on the Xbox version, including the console, trying to log into a server for the first time and having multi, and I'm talking like I've seen upwards of six to eight minutes. People are literally locked and not able to move on servers. This is obviously, you'll see it a lot on streamers who server hop. They will complain about it a lot more because it is on joining the server. Once you're on the server and it, it, it levels out, it's fine. It's on joining a server, a new server. So streamers who are server hopping, <coughs> excuse me, or players who are server hopping experience it a lot more because they're joining new servers more often. Players like myself who get on a server and stay for a long time, we might experience it every so often, maybe once or twice a week, because quite frankly, we're not server hopping. So we don't notice it, but it is happening on both the Xbox console and the Xbox version on PC. It doesn't at all appear to be an issue with Steam. Um, in fact, the uh, alt tab on Steam uh, lockups doesn't even happen anymore. So it seems like the Steam client is the more stable client. 
which is very interesting because if you have both installed on your computer, they're looking at the, ex they're, they're pretty much looking at the exact same client. So I don't know. It has to be on the Xbox server side that is happening because obviously you connect in through the Xbox server system, the login system through Xbox instead of steam into Xbox. So there has to be an issue there on a server level because the clients are identical. They're absolutely identical. It's just one launches through Steam where the other one launches through Xbox. So I don't know what they're going to have to do there. I don't even know if they actually know. Um, I know there's a lot of people who have been trying to get logs of it, get screenshots of it, get videos of it, uh, doing whatever they can to try to provide this information to Rare. But I don't, at the end of the day, know if Rare actually knows what's causing this. Uh, it's been going on for quite some time, and it looks like Season 5, the patch for Season 5, has made it a whole hell of a lot worse than it used to be. So, so what comes next is going to have to wait till next week because we're coming up on an hour, and I want to talk about this more and more in depth. So I'm going to grab this. I'm going to go ahead and start my new uh, show notes for next week, episode episode 7 or episode 57, and uh, I'm just going to move this over to, to that, and we're going to talk about what's next um, next week along with uh, other things, um, but we're going to look at the teasers from Mike Chapman um, about the era that Sea of Thieves is in and what's coming up next in the era of Sea of Thieves. And kind of talk about my opinions on um, on where um, like where they are in their development cycle, though I don't know, and it's all going to be assumptions based on how they release things and how they talk about things. I would assume I have a pretty good handle on this, uh, being someone who's been in development and software and stuff like that for a while in in management. So we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Remember, you can catch me um, every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday on twitch.tv slash Davram. Uh, we are playing New World. Um, if you are enjoying New World or interested in New World, I do record the New World podcast, Eternum News Network. That is recorded live, unlike this one, live on Twitch on Friday evenings. Uh, so if you're interested in that podcast or you listen to that podcast as well, you can come over starting around 6 p.m. Eastern time um, if you're available uh, to my Twitch channel and engage uh, live like a call-in radio show, uh, and we would do the, uh, the New World podcast then. Also, please, uh, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the YouTube, drop me a like, drop me a comment, um, and also, you know, go check out my other YouTube, which is my Davram YouTube, Davram TV on YouTube, and all my new world content and vlogging is over there. Guys, I love you very much. Take care of yourselves and each other. Stay safe out there. It is a wonderful time of year, but there's a lot of snow and ice in places and a lot of crazy people out there. So please be safe as you're, as you're traveling around. Give a loved one a hug, and we'll see you next week on Pirate Talk Radio.